You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. I'm sorry this one is a couple of days late as I recap Atlanta United's 2-1 to loss at Seattle on Sunday. My usual partner on these podcasts, Jason Longshore, was flying back on the charter with Atlanta United, so he had to get out of there as soon as he could. I had a lot of news that I was writing after the game, and then I had some family members with me. We had to get up early yesterday morning and fly back from Seattle, so that took up most of the day. So this is two days late, and I apologize. As most of you know, and as I said, Atlanta United was defeated by Seattle 2-1. to one. Uh, Fantastic goal by Raul uh, Raul Diaz. Uh, a penalty by Joseph Martinez. And an easy header by Harry Ship were the goals in that game. It must be said that Seattle's goals were both the result of defensive mistakes made by Atlanta United. The most egregious, in my opinion, was the pass from Leandro Gonzalez that was intercepted by Jordan Morris. Basically, it was hit right to him. Uh, he was played, uh, Ladero then played Morris into space. Morris hit the easy uh, pass to the back post. I can remember sitting there watching the play unfold and just saying back post because you could tell immediately that's what Morris was going to look for because that's where the space was on the goal. The other mistake was uh, Julian Gressel in the middle of the field, which kind of started set off uh, Raul Diaz uh, from Roldan on his run. That one wasn't as bad to me. It was a hot pass that came into Gressel, came off his foot, if I remember correctly. Uh, The Seattle player was kind of behind him off his shoulder. He couldn't see him as well. Um, But anyway, that started that goal. There were a couple, there were a lot more people involved in that. Franco Escobar had a poor attempt at a tackle. Uh, Miles Robinson got chipped, but you can't really blame Miles Robinson on that one. Somebody chips you. I don't know what else you're supposed to do. And for the easy goal. So Atlanta United now has one win in its past five. Not good. It feels a lot to me like it's the beginning of the season all over again. Atlanta United has come out of the international break and is simply just not playing well. The offense is not clicking at all. The defense is just making horrible mental mistakes that it's getting punished for. As I wrote in the Monday follow, a lot of times in the past two years, you'd look at the quotes and read the quotes and hear the quotes from the other team, and a consistent theme was we had our chances against Atlanta United. We just didn't take advantage of them. Well, this season, when teams are getting their chances, they are taking advantage of them, and Atlanta United is not taking advantage of this. I think some of the reasons are the fatigue of this bizarrely compressed schedule that Major League Soccer has with Atlanta United playing Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, 
part of it, you know, is the mental fatigue that comes from that. When, when your brain gets tired, it's hard to make your body do what it, it's supposed to do. Some of it is the team, you know, has said all season, has bragged all season, it has depth, it has depth, it has depth. Frank did so again after the St. Louis game. We have depth, we have depth, but it really just doesn't use that depth. There's a couple of players that haven't gotten any significant minutes in a while, one that hasn't gotten any all season. They keep making 18s. I'm talking about Andrew Carlton and Gordon Wild, but they're never used. Carlton, I can understand. Frank wants to see more from him. Why give him the reward of playing time if he's not going to put in the work? But at some point, I think you have to recognize what may be good for the health of the entire team. Rest somebody and give Carlton some minutes in the midfield, and you can rest the midfielders. The defense is a different story. Pogba being hurt has taken away minutes that can be played by the center backs. Parker's is having to shift back and forth between fullback and center back. Now with Brett Shea's injury, which happened in that game, the team needs some more depth at fullback. It is reportedly signed or trading for Mo Adams from Chicago, a move I'm not quite sure of unless they think Mo Adams can play fullback. But if they think Mo Adams can play fullback, who has been a defensive midfielder, then why not try Gordon Wild at fullback? Um, I mean, Mo Adams has not been great shakes in Major League Soccer, less than 1,000 minutes last year, less than 500 minutes this year. Wild has trained at, at fullback in the Atlanta United system with the twos and with the senior team. So I'm not quite sure what's going on with that unless Atlanta United is planning on another move uh, and unloading someone. Uh, and they need help at defensive midfielder because they still have Rometty, they still have Lernowitz, they still use Nagby in that bridge role. They've got Heimerson, uh, Emerson Hyman in that bridge role. Uh, Kevin Kratz, if he's ever going to return, I'm still not quite sure why they haven't put him on the physically enabled to perform list or the, the equivalent of that in Major League Soccer yet. They may end up putting Breck Shea on that. Uh, you know, there, another report has him with a torn ACL. I thought he had hyperextended his knee, which could lead to a torn ACL because he came down stiff-legged in the opening minutes of that game against Seattle. But anyway, the Mo Adams move is a little bit curious for me. Now, Atlanta United has Houston on Wednesday and D.C. on Sunday. Houston is a team that is doing what it typically does in the summer and is melting away. It's horrible on the road. Atlanta United should be able to get three points from this game, but again, the offense really is not clicking at all. Not having Barco, not having Viaba is not helping. They are not out at training again today. So that makes it highly unlikely that Barco, who we thought might be back, uh, is going to return. Bello not back out. We thought he might be out there today to give some help to fullback. So we'll see what Frank has to say after the after training today about those guys, as well as the Adams trade and the Shea injury rumor. Uh, and I guess the last thing I need to address is my blog from last week. Uh, the F word, you know, I wrote, I don't know how many words about it. I was just kind of sitting there and noodling and out it came. And I purposely did not get on Twitter as I was traveling from Atlanta to Seattle on Friday because I figured the comments were going to be uh, probably obscene for the most part, probably unoriginal for the most part, which is really my problem with that word and the chance. It doesn't offend me. I use it. I'd probably use it daily. Uh, but the comments against my blog or con for my blog really show that most people didn't even read the thing. They just want to be able to scream obscenities wherever they want. And, you know, if you want to do that, that's fine. I'm not the one 
who works with you, who lives with you, who is your friend, that's fine. The comments on social media were really kind of funny to me because potential employers look at your social media footprint. So to see all these F-bombs all over the place made me laugh a little bit. My whole point was, and it was really should be taken as a compliment, the supporters groups can do better. It's not only a recycled cheer that they use this the F word in. It, it, we heard it in Seattle. I've heard it everywhere I've been. It's just it's not original. Using the word isn't original. It can be substituted for anything. It's pretty simple. Some of the other cons, uh, it's not my job to raise your kids. I'm not asking you to raise my kids. I'm simply asking you to be better in public spaces. Uh, let's see. Somebody tweeted last night, Brian McCann said it after he struck out. You know, if you can't understand the difference between an athlete expressing himself in the moment and a group of people deciding to say the word in unison over and over again in a public space, then I'm not quite sure you under, you'll ever understand my point about that blog. Also, I want to thank the people who have reached out to me with information about 2020 season tickets. Atlanta United does not want to share the prices for the season tickets. Uh, the team can be really squirrely sometimes about the brand and information that it wants released. So they have not put the information on the website. They don't want to give the information. So I'm relying on the supporters to tell me what their prices are. Many of you have responded. I'm hoping to write that by the end of the week. It seems like most of you are going to renew. I've only, I think, ran into one person or received a response from one person who is not going to renew. The increase this season seems reasonable compared to the previous year. Uh, the reasons for the previous year's substantial increase in some cases were just the team still trying to figure out pricing in Mercedes-Benz, costs in Mercedes-Benz, and the difference between playing some games in Bobby Dodd and some in Mercedes-Benz the year before. They don't, they didn't expect a significant increase for the 2020 season, and that's what it looks like is happening, not a significant increase. Um, so there you go. So I'm going to wrap up the Southern Fried Soccer podcast. I hope you'll follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. I hope you'll subscribe to the newspaper, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and I hope you'll read everything that I and the other people who cover the team provide. Thank you. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.